Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners. No podcast? No problem. Launch a professional podcast you'll love in four weeks. Most people hire production companies to edit and distribute content that sounds bad and does nothing for their revenue or their network. But you could turn the key to a made-to-order podcast and skip all the pitfalls that make 90% of shows discontinue after five episodes. We've got the expertise, the elbow grease, and you're back on this one. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have a guest that you guys all know. His name is Dr. Lon Jones. He's a family medicine physician and author. If you haven't listened to our previous episode with Lon, it's called Wash More Than Hands. Wash your nose too. And uh, today, we're going to be diving into COVID and having a discussion around it, things we should be considering, the importance of washing your hands and your nose. The topic, it's going to carry over, but we're going to have more of a COVID focus today with Dr. Jones to talk about the the disease, things we should consider, the history. So uh, you're in for a treat. Dr. Jones, thank you so much for uh, spending some more time with us today. You bet. My pleasure. So we were having a really interesting discussion before we, we started recording this. Give us a little context around COVID and, and things that we should be considering about the disease as it relates to, to the history of it? Uh, it's more than just history of COVID. It goes back to history of, of infectious disease. But uh, to start with COVID, there's three different stages of COVID. The first stage is when you get the virus and it lives in your nose and in your throat, stays there for a few days, multiplies then spreads in stage two to your lungs. And if you don't do anything about it there, it spreads to stage three, where you're sick enough to go into the hospital. When you go to stage three, then the CDC and the the FDA have a treatment for it, except the treatment, you know, the treatment used to be remdesivir. Now the big uh, World Health Organization study showed that remdesivir doesn't really do that much. So we don't really have a treatment except supporting you with a, with a ventilator and a steroids when you crash and, and or hopefully a little bit before you want to crash. Anyway, that's the only way they treat it. Uh, they totally ignore stage one and two. It's very similar to the situation that Ignaz Semmelweis in 1830 saw with uh, childbed fever. Mm-hmm. He was in Europe. And he looked at mothers who were dying of infectious disease, although they didn't know anything about infectious disease then. But Semmelweis started washing his hands before he would go uh, help deliver a baby. Other doctors walked from the pathology lab where they were busy dissecting bodies and learning into delivering a baby. And the mothers got infected with all the bacteria from the corpses and they died. Childbed fever killed lots and lots and lots of mothers. All Semmelweis did was wash his hands and they stopped dying. Now, this virus gets in our nose. Why don't we wash our noses? Well, because that's not in our model. And that's the only reason why. Why don't we wash our noses? And, you know, we started washing our noses 20 plus years ago when my granddaughter had ear infections. And ear infections went away with the xylitol that's in clear. If you Google 
or search clear and COVID, you will find lots of mentions and links to Dr. Gustavo Ferrer in Southern Florida is one of the researchers looking into this issue. There's also studies done from the Utah State University uh, showing that clear kills the virus and unhooks the virus. It's just an ideal way to wash your nose. And washing your nose puts more water in your nose so it can work better. It optimizes the zone, the, the, uh, the zone that uh, we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. You can look at the last link, and there's a chart from Ms. Dr. Arundel from 1986 who shows the optimal zone of humidity in the air that we breathe and how that affects our health, our nasal health, upper respiratory conditions are minimized if we breathe air with 40 to 60% humidity. That's what's commonly available outside, which is where we don't get the virus now, outside where the normal humidity is 40 to 60%. Don't go indoors where the normal humidity is 20 to 30% in the wintertime, and even less because our heaters reduce the amount of humidity in the air that we breathe. If you wear a mask, the mask traps the water vapor that we breathe out. It increases the humidity in the air that we breathe. That humidity is important in preventing the virus because it makes our noses, it enables our noses to work better. It's defense medicine. It's paying attention to the evolutionary defenses that we all have that help us survive. Our current healthcare system is ignoring those defenses. We're involved in a war with microbes because Pasteur showed us how microbes cause our diseases. In any war, you have an offense and a defense. We've concentrated on the offense. We've forgotten the defense. The defense is just as important, if not more so, than the offense because the offense just keeps on trying to kill the virus. That's a a cosmic war because the virus is the titan of life on this earth. It's not us. It's the virus. They penetrate more. They weigh, outweigh us three, four to four to four, five, seven to one. Ninety percent of the cells in our body are bacteria. Stop fighting them. Find, find, <laughs> a, find a way to it. find a way to negotiate with them, and that's what xylitol <laughs> does. Well said. And, uh, you know, it's fascinating, you know, stage one, it affects your nose, stage two, it affects your lungs, stage three, you're in the hospital, wash your hands, wash your nose. You know, I'll be honest, Dr. Jones, I, after our interview, I I thought it was a great idea, but I haven't done anything about it. And now that I have you on here again, I'm going to do something about it. So clear is with an X folks, X L E A R. And, um, it's a spray. Let me Uh, explain that. X is for xylitol. Xylitol is spelled X-Y-L-I-T-O-L. Search it and search it with COVID and you'll find more. But xylitol was first used medically in Finland to prevent tooth decay. And when they continued using it for tooth decay, like I think I talked about last time, they found that ear infections were reduced in the kids that were chewing it to prevent tooth decay, chewing gum with sweetened with xylitol. And I read that study, and my granddaughter was having ear infections, and they said, the authors of that study, Matty Uhari in Finland, 
pointed out that it was uh, it was doing something to the bacteria that caused the problem. And those bacteria live in the nose, so we put it there. And 90% of your infections don't happen, if not more, when you keep your nose clean and when you keep your baby's noses clean. And that's the time when you first start having to use it, when you're de- dealing with little kids with snotty noses or little kids without snotty noses who get ear infections when they go to bed to daycare. Xylitol is spelled like just like it is in in U.S. in Finland, but it's pronounced Kulitol. And so we took the Finnish X sounding and made clear. That's why it's spelled X-L-E-A-R. Love it. And so let's talk about how often <laughs> at the beginning, right? It's not something that is part of our culture. We don't we don't wash our noses. In fact, I don't even know. Is there a culture where that's normal? Oh yeah, in the Muslim world. When you uh, do your, your cleaning before you go to, to uh, prayer, mm-hmm. washing your nose is part of that. Oh, is that right? And they do it four times a day. We all, we're all familiar, I think, if we don't use them, we're at least familiar with the neti pot. The neti pot is an oriental method of, of washing your nose. So there's, it's, so it's some there. people are doing it already. Uh-huh. We just aren't. And we've talked in the... In the um, Islamic world a couple of times, and uh, the people that we talked to are incorporating clear in their nasal hygiene before prayer. Very cool. Well, talk to us about the the cadence and and you know what you guys would typically recommend here. How often are you doing it? Um, the amount of xylitol that's in the nasal spray is minimal, but it lasts probably about six hours in your nose. Mm -hmm. So optimal is four times a day. If you're humidity or you're outside or you don't have any problems with your nose, you know, doing it twice a day will help. Put it with your toothbrush. If you use it four times a day, you know, put it morning and evening and with lunchtime and then somewhere in between will get you covered. If you are positive for the virus and you're interested in doing something about it, uh, my recommendation is every three hours while you're awake and just keep your nose really, really, really clean. And like I said earlier, uh, studies show that if you do that with clear, that you're free of the virus in seven days instead of 14. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. And, you know, we tend to, unfortunately, you know, focus on healthcare more so from a sick, sick care perspective here in this country. And I love our focus here today. It's about well care. It's about caring for ourselves, the things that we could do routinely to help protect and minimize the effects of the virus. You know, when we, when we last talked several months ago, Dr. Jones, there was like less people that I knew with COVID, but now like this thing is spreading and it's spreading more. And uh, knowing things like this, is great to help protect ourselves uh, for, you know, the virus. It's, uh, it's certainly great information. Well, and I hope that things like this will help to spread that knowledge because the world is still in the stage of Semmelweis. We don't see, and, and I, I say the world, I maybe, maybe, uh, I don't know how the rest of the world functions, but I know that the U.S. is still in the, in the, in the stage of what I call the Sarah Jo Baker stage. And Sarah Jo Baker was a doctor back in the turn of the last century, like 1900. And she was one of the first 
women who graduated from medical school. She tried doing it on her own for a year, and that didn't work because nobody would accept a woman doctor. And so she went to work with the New York City uh, Public Health Department. And her part of the city was part that Irish settlers lived in uh, and had a problem with both cholera and typhoid disease. And we've heard the story of Typhoid Mary, the, the Irish cook that's, that shared her disease with so many people. It was Dr. Baker that identified her twice and finally got her put away for protective custody so she would stop sharing her, her uh, disease. Then Dr. Baker started a program in the city schools of hand washing before taking care of babies and frequent hand washing to help deal with these epidemics. And in the middle of that epidemic, in the middle of her program, uh, some 30 or 40 Brooklyn physicians wrote a letter to the mayor petitioning that her program of hand washing be stopped because it was blocking their patients. They weren't seeing as many patients. And Sarah Jo Baker in her book, Fighting for Wellness, something like that. Okay. Uh, anyway, it's, a, it's her autobiography. I can't really remember the title of it anymore, but she says that was the highlight of her life is getting that letter because it showed that her treatment worked. Washing hands. And we all wash hands now, thanks to Dr. Baker and her work. But washing your nose is just as important. And what she found, what the bottom line of that is, is our sick healthcare system in the United States is based on profiting from illness. Mm -hmm. So that's our incentive for a lot of doctors. Uh, my son says there are two kinds of doctors in the United States. There's healers and there's dealers. And since we have in third-party insurance that has taken patients out of the marketplace, we're dealing with dealers all the time. And dealers are becoming the more dominant part of our healthcare system. So we're not interested in healing anymore. We're interested in profiting off of illness. And that's where we are. Well said. Well said, Lon. And, you know, we, we, we certainly, you, you give us two great examples, right? Semmelweis and Baker, two people who, in light of a more, I don't want to use the word ignorant, but I guess it's ignorant. Pre preventive oriented. <laughs> yeah, ignorant, uh, preventive oriented approach. The, 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 um, it's ignorance. I'm just going to call it what it is. You know, if you're, if you're not considering the approaches uh, mentioned, obviously washing hands now it's commonplace and we're all doing it, or at least I hope we are all, all doing that. Um, this idea of nose washing in this environment is something that we should all be considering. And, uh, and again, if you, if you haven't had a chance to listen to part one of our interview with Dr. Jones, episode 604, go to the website. There's a search bar, type in Dr. Jones. You'll see, see it there. It's about hand washing and nose washing. I wanted to have them back on because we got to be thinking about these things. How can we keep ourselves, our family, our employees, our patients healthy? And, uh, and this is, this is a way. So, so Dr. Jones, I, I can't thank you enough for coming back on again and, and sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, what kind of closing thoughts would you like to leave for us as, as we part ways here? Well, let's go back and look at why we need to wash our noses because hand washing is pretty self-understanding uh, because mm -hmm. we're always handling dirty things. And then uh, there's bacteria that we spread by, by sharing on our hands. But our noses haven't really been a problem. Going back to the previous episode, 
that optimal zone that we showed on Arundel's chart, mm-hmm. that optimal zone is 40 to 60%. That's what is commonly available outside, like I said. And in 1965, a couple of things happened. Number one was half of new homes in the United States and probably around the world started having central heating and cooling. Central heating lowers or raises the temperature. And in that process, it lowers the amount of available water. It lowers the available humidity in the air that we breathe. And commonly in our homes in the middle of wintertime when we turn the heat on, the humidity drops down to to 10 to 20% in the air that we breathe. And that is not healthy. And that's why we have colds and flu and everything in cold season when we turn the heat on in the wintertime. So we need to do something about that. We need to address that problem. It's an emergent problem. It's not something that, that commonly we see associated with those diseases, but that's the cause because it puts us out of that optimal zone. You know, and a, and a quick thought here, Dr. Jones, like in the winter, I live in Chicago. We, it definitely gets cold here. We turn up the heat. I mean, you know, in the winter, I tend to get a bloody nose here and there. Yeah. Because my nose is drier and all this stuff is really making sense to me. Yes. And that's, and that's why, because the humidity drops when we heat the air. And in the summertime, when you turn the air conditioner on, you know, look at what the air conditioner is doing. See the water that drips off of your cooling unit. That water is used to be in the air that you would breathe. So that water is not there. So you're, mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing in the summertime, except we spend more time outside so we don't have as much of a problem. But either way, eating, treating the air to make us comfortable is not in, the healthy, in our healthy interest. The second thing that happened in 1965 was we started making cold pills available without a prescription. Cold pills uh, started in the 1940s when we found out that uh, histamine was the reason for our children's snotty noses. So we made antihistamines and decongestants. Antihistamines stop the runny nose. Decongestants dry up your runny nose. But that runny nose is a defense. It's trying to wash out the garbage that it senses in your nose. So that's a wrong-headed drug that the FDA is recognizing, but they're not willing to recognize it for what it is by what it does is blocking your immune defense in your nose. And when I asked the FDA to look at it that way, said that's an interesting point of view, and that was the last I heard of it. But that's <laughs> what it, but that's what it does. It, it turns off a defense. Mm-hmm. Turning off an evolutionary defense turns off its survival advantage and more people die. Yeah. Now, some great notes here. Dr. Jones, check this stuff out. It's called Clear X-L-E-A-R. You know, I'm, I'm definitely going to get some finally. It took, it took me two interviews, Dr. Jones. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't do it after the first one. I'm going to do it now. It's available anywhere. It's available at your grocery store, Target, uh, you name it, online at a bunch of places. It's, uh, it's not expensive <laughs> at all the practice of washing your nose to keep yourself healthy, to minimize the impact of this virus and to to keep you healthy. Dr. Jones, really appreciate you uh, jumping on with us again. And listeners, if you don't know how to get a hold of them, the website is commonsensemedicine.org. You could find Dr. Jones's blog and all the work and his ideas there. 
certainly a great place for, for you to, to learn more about what he's up to. Uh, Dr. Jones, just want to say thank you. Thank you again. You bet. Check out my website, commonsensemedicine.org. All one word. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, Saul Marquez here. I get what a phenomenal asset a podcast could be for your business and also how frustrating it is to navigate editing and production, monetization, and achieving the ROI you're looking for. Technical busy work shouldn't stop you from getting your genius into the world, though. You should be able to build your brand easily with a professional podcast that gets attention. A patched up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busy work behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.